Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. As always, we thank you so much for listening to the podcast, downloading and sharing as we head deeper into 2020. We hope you keep doing that. We're going to try to do roughly a podcast a week that will be tough to take to do all season or off season long. We'll be honest with you, but uh, we're going to do our best. Um, uh, Some of the podcasts that we have coming up after this one is that we're going to take the same teams that we broke down Preseason, all 14 teams, obviously, the point I'm trying to get to is the same order that we uh, broke them down in the preseason. We're going to turn around and do postseason grades uh, after the bowl games are now concluded. Uh, So look for that towards the uh, that should get us through the end of January. Um, We'll have some fun stuff after that. But for right now, we have got the yearly special. This is Big Kurt's baby. This is the recruiting podcast um i think if you listen to certain other podcasts they talk recruiting all the time i think that can kind of get a little ad nauseum because most of the time they're just talking about the top 15 or 20 players in the uh in the nation going to the top three or four programs it gets a bit redundant i do not listen to recruiting shows like on national radio i don't listen to them they're pretty boring to me they're so boring because they're only talking about guys going to alabama to, to Ohio Blue State, to LSU. Yep. So we're going to take so, a little bit deeper dive here. And that's what we do on the Eyes on Big podcast. Right. We talk about all 14 teams. So right. I'm going to be completely honest with you folks. The uh, My recruiting knowledge, it's weird because I'm the one that's been recruited out of the two of us, but right. I find it mostly, Well, technically I was recruited, yeah, but, yeah. but non-scholarship. Right. Um, and the point I'm trying to make is maybe you would think I would have more of a interest in this. I do. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I know that recruiting matters to every single football program. It is literally the blood that is the lifeblood of, life of your program. Um, so I do know. I do know certain recruits here and there, certain teams that are you know closest. But by and large, I'm going to be learning right along with you, the listener, as Big Kurt is going through this. So. I, I pass it over to you. You're 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 benching. Like you got a lot of weight. Okay, I'm maxing. Am I you're, maxing? You're maxing today? out, and I'm just like tapping the just bar. Tapping you never know, you just have to tap in the tap bar. it, and then the coach like, did you hit the bar? I'm like, no, man, I didn't. I didn't do it. I just tapped it. That's what I'm doing for you in this I'm podcast. I'm trying to think about what initially turned me on to recruiting. I don't even know. Hope. Well, okay. So let's let's just that's a. I like that. Let's dive right in. We're gonna start with some big Kurt recruiting words of wisdom. Okay. And that is the that is the theme of this podcast. Hope. Why do we love recruiting? Because we love the feeling of hope. And that's what recruiting gives us. We are all Andy Dufresne watching our teams bring players in. Nan Hawatin. Ze We are crawling through the two hundred yards of raw sewage <laughs> to get to Ze Hwatanea. All right. First words of wisdom. Never get too high or too low from a single recruit or a single recruiting class. Yes, recruiting is the lifeblood of your program, but it's just one piece of the puzzle. There's scheme, there's coaching, there's development. You can recruit poorly and still win games. Now, if you have hopes of winning a national championship, your team must routinely recruit in the top 10 of the country. If you're not doing that, I'm sorry, you're not going to win a national championship. Doesn't mean you can't have a good season, though. All right, there's a rule called the rule of thirds in recruiting. 
one-third of the players you're bringing in in any given class are going to start. One-third will provide depth. One-third are never going to do jack shit for your program. Uh, ranking is one way to look at, at a, a specific recruit. Offer list is another. This is a big one that people don't talk about enough. Who offered and when they offered is very important. It's, I would say, as important as the recruiting ranking, but you don't hear a lot of that. And we'll, we'll maybe get into a little of that, but unfortunately not enough time to go super deep. Um, let's see. Every staff has their own style and philosophy. The two, if you're a, a, an observer of the Big Ten, look at P.J. Fleck and look at Lovey Smith. They have completely opposite recruiting styles. Not, one isn't right or wrong, but P.J. recruits like people vote in Chicago early and often. He wants to get them in, man, as many as possible. Lovey just sits back. And says, "Yeah, we'll get there. We'll 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 eventually get all our guys." So you have 85 total scholarships, 25 in any single class. If your class is bringing more than 25, that means they have either blue shirt or gray shirt. Size does matter in recruiting. Volume mixed with ranking gives you the or mixed with um the the star ranking gives you the overall class ranking. We will talk about both of those. Um, another thing, these are scouts. They make mistakes. They're good at what they do, but they're not as good as the coaches. So trust your coaching staff that they know what they're doing, that they're bringing in the right players for their program. Two things that I would always add there. Um, even more so with uh, uh, looking in-depth in players, they do that more for the NFL draft. I mean, there's there's less players to look at, right? There's sure. 130 Correct. teams in, in college, so – you know, all of the uh, more players on the actual team point I'm trying to make. There's thousands and thousands of recruits that need to get looked at. There's even less for NFL teams to look at. Right. They still screw up. Absolutely. Half the draft picks. Well, all you need to do is look at, let's look at five star quarterbacks over like the last 10 years, something like over half of them transfer out of the program. You know, or just don't wind up being that great or don't wind up being very good. That's a good point. OK, there's something called recruiting lag. Uh, you have a good year. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a good recruiting year that year. It usually there's You've already a, a been lag of on those kids. Right. It's recruiting's all about relationships. So it's really the next year. So like, for instance, Minnesota had a breakout year. I would expect an uptick for them next year in recruiting. Uh, this is the early signing period. There's also a late signing period that starts February 5th. Recruiting was much more fun when there was only a single signing period, but that's just me being an old man. Uh, most players have already signed, but th this is not over. About 80% of the Power 5 players have signed with teams, so still about 20% left. There's still some work to do. And would you say the Big Ten right around that 80%? I didn't dive into that. I don't know. But, 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 I, can, feel. but I can tell you two teams – are only about halfway done with their classes. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, let's see, Little Recruiting 101 here. There's three services, ESPN, Rivals 24-7. Only 24-7 has what is called a, quote, composite ranking, where they combine all three of those with equal weighting to come up with a composite ranking, and they rank from a five-star to three-star, um, five, four, three, and two-star. Um, the star rating is actually a way to simplify things for mass consumption. There. Each player is actually given a ranking from 0 to 1.0. So five-star 
is a ranking from a 0.98 to a 1.0 approximately. That's kind of a sliding scale. There's only 29 of those in the 2020 class. Four-star is a 0.89 ranking to 0.98 ranking. There's 339 of those players. Three-star, this is where the bulk of your players are coming from, 0.80 to 0.89 ranking. There's about 1,500 of those. Um, now, here's one thing. This is one big problem that I have. There's also two stars, which Big Ten, you don't see a lot of those signed. A couple of them will get signed. But um, the problem I have with the ranking system, the three-star is just too big of a pool. The difference between a high three-star and a low three-star is huge. So it's weird just to say, oh, well, this team got this many three-stars. Well, how good are those three-stars? Because there's a lot of play in there. So prep and juco uh, players are included in the rankings Transfers are not. So that's one thing to keep in mind. If your team is bringing in some transfers, they're not going to be included in these rankings. So one thing that if I can add there, um, uh, I, I, I don't mean to make this about Iowa, but I listened to the most Iowa content, and this is where I heard this uh, talking piece um, from defensive coordinator Phil Parker, who I think is a very you know, respected defensive coordinator in the Big Ten. He doesn't talk much. The coordinators just don't talk much. There was an off-season pod where he got interviewed. One thing that he said that I thought was just in, incredibly intriguing was he goes, you know, guys, we love the five-star guys too because they were saying, you know, why sure. don't you get more AJ Epinesas in? <laughs> oh, yeah, why not? Yeah. So he joked and said, good idea. We, we would love to do that. And he said, let me, you know, just say five-star guys, by and large, we see them and we say, that guy's incredible. They can see that for the most part. He goes, but guys, after that, we see a guy that is ranked high four-star. And then we look at a different player that we think is a, is an equally as good a player. And he's a mid to high three-star. He goes, I don't know who's making these calls on why they think one guy is that much better than the other. All I'm saying is we see what we see and we let other people see what they see. Well, and I'll, I'll add to that. The work you have to put in. I find in it intriguing that like a coach's point of view could off, often be different for what a program is looking for. Or like this is the intangibles we want a player to have sure. that they, they could see a guy that's like, dude, that that is a perfect fit for us. To them, that's a high four star. Sure. To another, doesn't mean they're right. It just means to a different defensive staff, they would look at that guy and say, that's just not the type so of guy. So that's we want. that's another part of recruiting is evaluation. You know, and that that's huge. Um, the other thing, you have to put in, like it's so much easier to get that three star kid on board, and you have to put in such less work that if you see that they're it's six to one, half dozen the other. Yeah, just go for the the three star. Why not? And the one that takes maybe less work. <laughs> to yeah, get, I mean, you know, you know, less drama. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot to consider. All right, so we're gonna start from the top, work our way down. That's how we do it. Who do you think has the number one recruiting I'm guess class? I'm going to say Ohio State does. Wow, you're good at this, man. Yeah, not so now bad. remember last not year they had rack. they had the number three class because they had a smaller class, but to me it was still the best class in the Big Ten. Or actually, them in Penn State. But they are number one in the Big Ten, ranked third nationally. They have 25 commits. Um, their average star ranking is a .9182. Okay, so that's basically a solid four-star. The average kid that is going to Ohio State is a solid four-star prospect. They have two five-stars in this class, 14 four-stars, and nine three-stars. Now, 
Four of their top six recruits, and this is a knock, I think. Four of their top six recruits are, are wide receivers. receivers. And remember, it was the same way last year. A bunch of their, their really highly ranked guys are wide receivers. There's only one football. That's a lot of... Now, the one thing, I agree with you. The one thing I would say is Ryan Day probably has enough confidence in his offensive play calls that they're going to be cycling through wide receivers quickly. Sure. Got to have more guys coming in. But you got to expect that some of the wide receivers on this on this roster are going to be transferring. Okay? So just expect that. So they have two four-star quarterbacks, both are pro style, so you can obviously see what... Ryan Day wants to do. He wants to drop back, and he wants to sling the rock all over the field. Uh, here's another knock. Seven of the top eight are offensive players. It was kind of the same way last year. I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing them yep. lag a little bit on defense. Um, so their lowest-ranked recruit that they have is is equivalent to the average player at Rutgers or Indiana right now. That's their one lowest-ranked guy. Um only one running back in this class, pretty nice. Well, he's like a high three-star, Myron Williams from Cincinnati, Ohio. The gem of this class is Julian Fleming, wide receiver. Um, everyone knows this guy's name was designed between Penn State and Ohio State. Big surprise, chose Ohio State. So, moving on to number two. But I do find that interesting that a little bit lack of defensive recruiting that they've had. I mean, because... Yeah. What you always wonder is, are they going to slip to the Oklahoma side of things where the offense always moves right. the ball? We've seen what that did to Oklahoma. I know. Like, they're never going to get over the hump with that defense. You, it, It's hard for me to ever picture Ohio State having a bad defense. Although in 2018, that defense was not great. It wasn't great. It was just average. Right. So that is something to keep, you know, it will... Will Ryan Day be such an offensive-oriented head coach? You know that his he's he looks like a he looks like a really nice guy, but inside he's he's got an ego and he's very oh, yeah. very confident in himself. I hope he's not so confident in himself that he thinks right. his offense could always outscore the other team. But yeah, that it's that's, a detriment. Yep. Um, yeah. So like I said, four of the top six are wide receivers. One is a safety. The other one's an offensive tackle. So again, thinking offensively. So I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Um, but ton of talent on, on the offensive side there. Michigan coming in ranked number two. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I would have guessed Penn State. Okay, ranked 12 overall. Now here, the, again, volume matters. They have 26 commits in this class. Um, so they're, uh, I didn't mention the average star ranking for Ohio State. They're number one in the average star ranking. Michigan is number two. Okay. So yeah, good volume, but good average star ranking. No five stars, but 13 four stars and 13 Three stars, so they're averaging a .8952, which is like right on the edge of four and three star, right straddling that line. So this is a more, when I go down the line of this class, it is a more balanced class than Ohio State has. Okay, Okay? Not as much firepower, not as much star power. There is a difference between their average ranking and Ohio State's average ranking. Like Ohio State is a step up from Michigan, but this is just a more balanced class. Now, our buddy Ant Wright... Yep. At it's, it's Ant Wright on yep. uh, Twitter. He has uh, the Michigan State of Mind podcast. Asked him, who's your guy in this class? He said, take a look at this guy, Braden McGregor. He's a strong side defensive end from Port Huron, Michigan. I watched it, and you know who I saw? I saw Chase Winovich. He's a defensive line, high motor guy, just always, I mean, just always going. 
he there's a <laughs> he has this one um this one highlight where he I'm sure got a, a foul but he just picks this quarterback up and just throws him like launches him into the air it was pretty impressive now to me the gem of this class though is something that we talked about in the previous podcast how I think that Michigan is just lacking explosiveness mm-hmm. Wide receiver A.J. Henning, he's going to cure that. This guy is small, but he is electric. He's out of Lincoln Way High School in Illinois, and this is just the kind of player that I feel like Michigan has been lacking in the khaki pants era. So there you are, Michigan, coming in at number two ranked. But overall, long story short, uh, people think khaki pants is weird. People think Michigan hasn't been living up to what they should be. Recruiting's still doing pretty good here. Yeah, I mean – Big class that helps with the butt still. It's a big class, but you can definitely win the Big Ten with the way the khaki pants is recruiting. Right. All right. Moving on to number three, the Penn State Nittany Lions. They are ranked 13th nationally. They have 27 commits. So their average star ranking in the Big Ten is also number three ranking. So we're falling right in step with the average star ranking and the ranking overall of the classes. They have zero five stars in this class, but 11 four stars, 16 three stars. Average rating just a shade below Michigan. So, like, these, them and Michigan have pretty much interchangeable classes, I would say. So you would put Ohio State definite number one, very close sliver between two and three with Penn State and Michigan. Correct. Yep. So last year, if you recall, I actually put Penn State as my number one ranking, even though they they weren't the number one ranked in in the, the Big Ten. Um this year, three is accurate. They're, they are the number three class, I think. Uh, they have a sneaky recruit, so I asked, this is our guy Perkins Penguins, asked him, who's your guy? He said, take a look at wide receiver Parker Washington. So I'm watching him, and he has an Odell Beckham Jr. highlight catch that is just amazing. He actually rose from a three-star, got upgraded recently to a four-star. This is a deep class. Their lowest-ranked recruit is higher than the average rank of six Big Ten schools. Yikes. That's a huge difference in talent. The gem of this class, what is, what's Penn State called? Linebacker, linebacker U. U. Outside linebacker Curtis Jacobs. Also a big one. Theo Johnson, tight end, probably going to replace Pat Fryermuth out of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Yep. How about that? Yep. James Franklin going across the border to Tell you one tight thing. end. Um I feel like to a certain degree, I stand up for James Franklin on Twitter and on this podcast. I don't think one thing that you can ever fault James Franklin on is recruiting. No, he's very good at that. He's done a great job at Penn State. And again, Penn State is recruiting at a level where you can definitely win the Big Ten. All right, moving on to number four. This so far does not look a whole lot different than last year. Number four is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. 20th ranking nationally, they have 24 commits, so pretty big class. Average star ranking is ranked fourth in the Big Ten, so again, we're falling right in line. The the, the highest ranked um, re- or average recruit, one, two, three, four for the top four teams. Zero five stars here, but mercy, 10 four stars and 14 three stars. Now, Scott Frost got a real slow start to this class. Um what I think he was doing is he was expecting a big season, and that would bring in a lot of recruits. And I thought that was really going to backfire when they had a poor season. But, man, in the last I mean, month or two. As of just four weeks ago, they were sitting at. They had like 12 recruits, I want to say, okay. back then. I was thinking it was even less than that. No, I think it was around. Okay. T- I mean, you were getting into the season pretty deep, and they had like eight recruits. 
So um, he they have just done an incredible job in these last couple months here. So average star ranking is right on that three to four star um um, so do we have another boundary. line of demarcation here? Ohio State, then Michigan, Penn State, kind of on their own plateau. And then- yep, I would put I would put Michigan, Penn State together, but then a small step down in Nebraska on their own, probably. Okay. Which was exactly what you had them last year. If I can yes, remember it was correct. very similar last yep. year. So they really came on strong here. The gem of this class is offensive tackle Turner Corcoran. So. To me, this is a four-star kid from Kansas. You get a great player at a place of great need. So that that was excellent. They added uh, three four-star players in the days leading up to signing day, all of them fr- from Florida. So linebacker Keyshawn Green, wide receiver Marcus Fleming, which was a huge get, and then safety Jaden Francois. This and is all a, of these, almost all of these guys were Miami or Florida State right, commits um, at one point, right? Yeah, some of those guys decommitted. I can't remember the details of all of them. Jaden Francois was deciding on signing day between Miami and Nebraska, I believe, chose Nebraska. I like this kid, uh, wide receiver Alante Brown, originally from Simeon High School in the Chicago Public League. He committed to Michigan State last year, but couldn't into, get into school, went to prep school committed to um, Scott Frost, who's going to be a wide receiver. Let's see, cornerback Henry Gray, also from Miami, Florida. Everyone offered this guy, but he slipped in the rankings a little bit. He's still a four-star. Uh, this is from Jim in Minnesota, by the way. And just he says this guy, even though he's from Florida, he's just all in on Nebraska. This is his dream school. He's like recruiting other players. He's like central to this class. So Jim in Minnesota really likes cornerback Henry Gray. So there you go, Nebraska. So one thing I would point out is, you know, at the beginning you said one-third start. Yes. One-third provide depth. One-third, you know, never really get there. Going to get arrested. Um, Not go to class. If you get a ton of guys late where you don't have as much, there's no way you can have as much of a relationship built with a recruit between the coaching staff and them. And then when they're coming from outside the Midwest footprint. Sure. I know this probably is too much of a simple term, but I would be curious to see how much of this class sticks together. And and any class would stick together when it's put together late with Florida and Southern warm-based kids. At some point, they're just going to be living in the middle of the Midwest when it's freezing cold. And, you know, the, the overall feel of how the football program is going in school I feel like that plays in a little bit more. Well, is that fair to say? I think it's I think it's a fair thing to bring up. It'll be interesting to watch and see how that plays out. It always does surprise me when a kid from the deep south, you know, especially a highly ranked kid. I, I realize if it's like just an average three star and he just wants to play division one football, but goes up north. A high ranked kid like that goes up north. That's that's gotta it, it, you know, I would imagine you're just deathly afraid of cold when you're born and raised in Florida. Yeah. And it's going to be cold, but <laughs> all right, moving on. Oh boy. Wisconsin ranked fifth in the big 10, 26th overall nationally with only 20 commits, by the way, their average star ranking is fifth. So we're still falling in line. One, two, three, four, five, no five stars in this class, but five, four stars, which is more than they're typically getting and 15, three stars. Now they were ranked a little bit. They were still ranked fifth, but their average ranking was a little lower until this weekend, they got a commit, big commit from a running back, Jalen Berger, 109th-ranked player in the country out of Don Bosco Prep out in New Jersey. Okay. Chose Wisconsin over Rutgers. What is it with 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 uh, Jersey running backs going to Wisconsin? Jonathan Taylor, Jalen Berger, Ron Dane many years ago. I don't know. They just 
There's like a pipeline. There is. That just sends yeah. great running backs from the state of New Jersey. And that's what it is. You get relationships. There's been. That's I right. I mean, I know the head coaches have changed, but by and large, there's been a lot of continuity with the Wisconsin staff over the years. There's relationships that are made between these college coaches yes. and high school coaches that are out there. That's what you start seeing as you get stuff like this. Recruiting is all about building relationships. Now, Jalen Berger is a great get. Don't get me wrong, but their top two recruits are both offensive tackles. Shocker. Both from the state of Wisconsin. Shocker. They have four total offensive line, offensive linemen in this class, and they're, oh, I'm sorry, four total offensive linemen from Wisconsin in this class. Wow. Death taxes and great offensive linemen from Wisconsin going to Wisconsin. That's Those are things you can always count on. Whenever you travel around Wisconsin for work or pleasure, there's not an abundant, or there's not a shortage of large humans. Never is. In that state. Nope. And actually, and they, they get together and they, they make more large humans. They, yes, they and do. Some of them wind up playing so, offensive line seems like for the Badgers. the large humans find the other large humans and produce more large humans. So I, I misspoke, actually, because I added <laughs> Jalen Berger late to, this, uh, to my notes here. He is the highest-ranked player in this class. The next two are both offensive tackles. Um, but after that, the next three highest recruits are offensive – or uh, I'm sorry, outside linebackers. So just – Falling, you know, right in line with Wisconsin. Big steal for them was linebacker Caden Johnson from Minnehaha Academy right here in the great city of Minneapolis. He wanted to play in a 3-4 defense, so he's deciding between Wisconsin and Nebraska, went with Wisconsin. Here's an interesting one. Watch this kid. I'm really curious to see what happens with this kid. You probably know this name, Aaron Witt. You know the name? Strong side defensive end, Winona, Minnesota. Committed to Minnesota, decommitted. Committed to Iowa, decommitted. Now he's going to Wisconsin. I, I I I swear I'm not saying this from a position of butthurt, but like I don't know. That makes me nervous a little bit. It would make me nervous. Yeah, I mean that's I, fair to say. You gotta Two. wonder if that kid's a head case. You know what are you thinking? How do you, how do one, one D commitment is sketchy, but but it happens. We're I talking can, about 17 and 18 year old kids here. I mean, some of these kids might have made their decision when they were 16. You sure, know? things change. Whatever, I get that. But once you get to to two and three, yeah, I agree. So Trey Wedig. Uh, remember that name from Wales, Wisconsin. He's one of the offensive tackles, 6'8", 320, high-ranked four-star kid, 70th um, Oh, that's 70th overall in the class. So actually, he is ranked higher than Jalen Berger. All right, moving right along. Now, here's one. This one's kind of an outlier. Next is Maryland, coming in at number six. They are a 27th-ranked program nationally. They have 27 commits, so that's helping their ranking quite a bit. Numbers. Big, big not just numbers. Sheer volume is helping them out quite a bit. Their average star ranking in the Big Ten, though, is 10th, but they're ranked 6th overall. So they just, just, a, just a lot of humans in this class. A lot of humans. They do have one four-star, 25 three-stars, and what really jumped them up is they, on signing day, got a flip from wide receiver Rakeem Jarrett. He's from the DMV area, so Locke's doing Locke's things right there. So he had been committed to LSU the whole time. And on signing day, flips over to Maryland, which was a huge change for them. Okay, now if you drop Jarrett from this class, I did a little little math here. If you drop him out of this class, they drop from 6th all the way to 10th. No yeah. way. Yeah. One, one player pl- can make. So that's an, that gives you an idea of how much of an impact. And, and he was sing- the late commit. This was the late flip. So, Which would also make, that kind of gets back to what we're talking about before. 
you know, if that's the linchpin to your class, I'm just saying. right. <laughs> I know, but he is from the DMV, yeah. So he's staying home. That's always a good thing. So I mean, it was a dumpster fire on the field this year. Yep. To a certain degree, Locks still able to keep his recruiting prowess intact. Yeah, he was. He was. Really I'm, struggling. I'm surprised that Maryland wasn't who I was expecting. You were no. going to have a sixth here. I know, and it it you know it just comes down to Rakeem Jarrett. So remember that. Um, now this is also a guy who loved getting recruited. So that to me is always a bit of a red flag. Uh, another great player in this class, running back Ruben Hippolyte the second. From Hollywood, Florida, another running back, Ebony Johnson. I'm sorry, Ebony Jackson from Canton, Georgia. So this has fallen right in line with what we've been seeing with Maryland over the last few years. We just loaded the running back position. Um, Handful of high three stars, but there's a lot of reaches in this class, too. So this, to me, is a little bit of an outlier. I think they're a little overranked here, personally. But this is is the 24-7 composite Shoot from the hip, how many from the DMV area? Boy, percentage um, wise, uh, percentage wise. That's a good question. Three fourths. I, I don't know. I did. I didn't. I did look at that, but I only took notes of it if, if something okay. stood out. Right. So I'm guessing probably it, probably half is, okay. is what my guess would okay. be. OK, moving right along to the seventh ranked team in the Big Ten, 29th nationally. So, by the way, Big Ten, I mean, to have seven of the top 30 classes, that's that's pretty impressive. Okay. They're busting a grape on the on the recruiting trail here. You, you have a guess who this is going to be? I mean, Iowa's got to be coming up close. They're right coming there. up. It's Purdue. Okay. Purdue Boilermakers coming in at seventh with only 21 commits, by the way. Their average star ranking is seventh in the Big Ten. So, again, falling right in line there. Three four-star players, 18 three-star players. All right. This is kind of like Ohio State. Their top five players are offensive players, but not just offensive players, offensive skill players position players their sixth ranked recruit is an offensive center so uh, so wide receivers running backs for their top five players top five or quarterbacks so basically this is columbus south okay we'll call it seabus south here so and again you've got an offensive minded coach i know and you you wonder if that's the thought process the other side of it is he can speak to the kids on exactly how they're going to be used in his offense. Right. And because when you, me and you were both in sales, do you sell better when you have confidence behind yes. what you're selling? Absolutely. So you got to wonder if that plays. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's probably what's going on at least here is like, of course, if you're a wide receiver, you want to go play at Purdue, you know, you're going to get the ball a lot. So yeah, they're, they're getting higher ranked players at those positions than they've gotten in the past. Now, Purdue, usually not a whole lot changes in, in recruiting, let's be honest. I mean, you know, you're excited. Maybe your team's going to do better this year than they did last year. That rarely happens. You pretty much stay right around the same area in the conference. But so Purdue, lesson learned there, uh, fans. Yeah. You, yeah. you just think you're going to get a different coach Don't in. He's automatically going to recruit at a much higher clip. But the It one, happens, but well, not. So this is right. the exception. Right. Purdue is, is one of the rare exceptions where they have taken a huge leap up in recruiting since Brom came. Um, so let's go down just a couple of the players here. Uh, Malik Carr, by the way, is their top-ranked player. He's a tight end. Their next-ranked player is a pro-style quarterback, Mike Alimo. Tyreek Murphy, running back, is next, then a wide receiver, then another wide receiver, then an offensive center, then finally get down to a cornerback. So probably historically recruiting defense like they've always recruited it, just getting 
better skill position players. Okay. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I and think. the funny thing is, is you looked at Purdue last year and all of the players making plays, we talked about it all the time, were freshmen. We're freshmen. Yeah. So, and, and last year's recruiting class looked very similar to this one. A right. bunch of wide receivers. Right. Yeah. So Only one ball. Only one ball. So <laughs> one to point out, this one's interesting. A wide receiver, Abdur Rahman Yassin, flipped on signing day from Northwestern to Purdue. Ooh. Yeah. That one's gonna. We'll get to that one, but that one's gonna hurt Northwestern. But a good flip, a good get there by Coach Jeff Brom, as in Tom. Okay, the eighth-ranked team in the Big Ten, thirty-one overall, the Iowa Hawkeyes with twenty-two commits. So I'm kind of keeping track here. I mean, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-nine, thirty-one. Right. Wisconsin, Maryland, Purdue, Iowa. They're all bunched together here. Fair to say. Very uh, similar. You tell me when to make the line of demarcation. I but... wouldn't do it yet. Okay. All right. So. Eighth in the Big Ten, also eighth in average star ranking. Two four-star players, 22 three-star players. They went heavy on defensive ends in this class with five of them. Their top two ranked overall players are defensive ends. The gem of this class is strong side defensive end Logan Jones out of Council Bluffs, Iowa. Now, don't count out strong side defensive end Lucas Van Ness from Barrington, Illinois. He's a mid-three-star. Illinois wanted this guy bad, not just because they wanted him because they liked him because of where he's from. They want to get into that those northern burbs. They've never done well there. And it looked like he was lean in Illinois. And then as soon as Iowa came in, he said, I'm going to go to Iowa. Uh, quarterback Deuce Hogan. This guy, to me, all name team. I <laughs> love that name as a quarterback. Don't you? From Grapevine, Texas. That dude has moxie, too. And it was um Scott Docterman wrote an article. He went down and interviewed him. Um, that's not his, 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 he's got the, I don't know what his actual name is. It's Mark or something okay. like that because he's named after his dad. Oh, it was the second, the second. Okay. And he didn't want to call him that. So they just started calling him Deuce at a young age. And it just, stuck. I like that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's a good name though. Um, obviously I know I was <clears throat> recruiting class better than anybody's Deuce Hogan was the number one recruiter in this class. He was yep. a, uh, early um, uh, commitment to Iowa and has done a lot of work recruiting all other players whenever they get the, uh, you know, snap or uh, uh, text chains things together. He's yep. kind of heading them up, getting stuff together. So he's been he's been huge in the process. For, Do you have for, uh, like um, a, a favorite in this class or someone I mean, you wanted you, to point out? You hit on Logan Jones. I mean, okay. he's already getting rave reviews from the camps that he's going to in the all-star games that he's he looks good and Iowa definitely needs – Help at or help at the defensive end spot. It's the one spot on all of defense that makes me a little bit skittish. So it makes sense that they were going after defensive line because they need some help there. Does he sound like someone that could help right away? Yes. Okay. All right. Yep. Moving on. Number nine in the Big Ten, 33 ranked overall in the country, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So again, PJ Fleck loves to get commits early and often. He's got 26 of them in this class. Now, they're ranked ninth in the Big Ten, but their average star ranking is actually 12th in the Big Ten. So the overall quality, not great. Um, two four-star players, 23 three-star players in this class. So they do have a two-star in there somewhere. Went really light on the offensive line, and I mean that uh, literally and figuratively. They have two offensive tackles, only 320 pounds and 295 pounds, which is a little... Bit of a departure. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Right. They can put some weight on, but... Yeah, but, I mean, he loves recruiting the 350-plus, and they only went 320 and 295. Garden center. 
But then they did get a guard. So those guys are supposed to be tackles. We'll gotcha. see. But yep. they did get they a guard. That's a 344-pound guy. Now, the gem of this class is Itavian Brown. He's a linebacker. This guy's going to be really good. Remember that name, Itavian Brown. He's a great get out of St. Louis Lutheran North High School and head coach Carl Reed, who won the state championship this year. Something that intrigues me about P.J. Fleck is he goes everywhere to recruit. Okay, he got an Australian punter. Okay, big deal. We Everyone does that. He's got a guy committed from Germany. He had a kid committed from Netherlands that decommitted. So P.J.'s rowing all over the world to get recruits here. Um we, we got to have a wide receiver in this class. Okay, let's go down the wide receivers. PJ, PJ loves him some wide receivers. So their highest ranked, again, is, is a linebacker. Their next highest ranked player, wide receiver. Then running back Kai Thomas out of Topeka, Kansas. By the way, the, the wide receiver, he's also out of Kansas. He's from Mission, Kansas. Daniel Jackson is his, his name, so expect him to contribute probably as early as next year. Then they start getting to the linemen and the um, – defensive ends they got another here's a pretty high-ranked three-star kid wide receiver out of rosemont minnesota jonathan mann so yeah you, you pretty much nailed it so again not a whole lot really changes in recruiting yes minnesota has great great wide receivers so wide receivers want to go play there purdue purdue same story great wide receivers wide receivers want to go play there i would say things were lacking in the recruiting department under jerry kill and the transition there their recruiting dj has definitely oh man. amped it up and and smoothed it out as so far as a couple things there back then when kill was coaching the big 10 overall was not recruiting as well as they do now but he was recruiting like in the 60s nationally so this is a big departure from the type of talent that they're used to having here in minneapolis okay moving on to number 10 northwestern wildcats 36th overall nationally only 18 commits so that's typical of northwestern they're never going to be ranked really high because they're not going to have volume and that's a good thing for them they don't have volume because they don't have scholarships to give because there's little to no attrition in the northwestern program it's just it's part of who they are now, they have two four-star players, which they're not used to getting that many four-star players in the class, usually zero, and 16 three-star players. Now, their average star ranking is sixth in the Big Ten. I mean, that's that's good for Northwestern. They're not used to recruiting at that level, and they were doing much better. They actually had some really bad luck. So, if I'm a, And if I'm a Northwestern fan uh, saying, okay, we've got a – uh, uptick in star rating, but it's a small class. Please tell me some of these guys catch the ball or try to make plays on offense. Well, okay. <laughs> First, some bad news. There, this class was a little better, but two things happened. Two bad things. They had that flip uh, that I mentioned. Purdue wide receiver Abdur Rahman Yassin flipped on signing day from Northwestern to Purdue. Their four-star prized quarterback, Aiden Atkinson from Boulder, Colorado, Got into a little legal trouble. He was he is being um, accused of sexual assault, so they dropped his his scholarship offer. So they would have been ranked quite a bit higher too. They probably would have jumped Minnesota, maybe even Iowa, if those couple things had not happened. So the late quarterback they got to replace four star Aiden Atkinson is Carl Richardson. He's a mid to low three star quarterback. So I'm not sure we're going to be seeing that quarterback situation change in Evanston anytime soon. Now, the gem of this class, this is a perfect Northwestern recruit, Northern Burbs, 
to Evanston, Peter Skaronski from Maine South High School in Park Ridge, Illinois. He's a really solid four-star offensive center guy. So let's look for some wide receivers here. Their next highest rank recruit, also a, a lineman, an offensive guard, linebacker, running back Cameron Porter out of LaSalle High School, Cincinnati, Ohio. But then you get into a tackle. You get into a cornerback. You get into safety. So we're going really deep before we get into any wide receivers at all. So trouble at quarterback, trouble at wide receiver. Okay, here's a tight end. He's a mid to low-ranked three-star guy. Another tight end right behind him. There are very few wide receivers in this class at all. So transfer um, portal might be trying to. I, fire yes, in. Oh. I would say you, it's time to go into the transfer portal to Fitzy right now. Um, all right, moving right along. 11th ranked team in the Big Ten, 42 overall in the country, with 20 commits. Is Do we the, think we got a line here of demarcation here? Or? Uh, you know what? Because we went. Wisconsin, 26, Maryland, 27, Purdue, 29, Iowa, 31, Minnesota, 33. Those are each one step, and then 2-2-2-2, Northwestern, 36. I would keep Northwestern in that in that okay. um, group as well because their star ranking is so yep. high. Okay. And then, yeah, I think I would drop down, at this point, a line of demarcation from, okay. from Northwestern down to Michigan State. Okay. Now, Michigan State, their average star ranking is actually 9. So is it that big of a difference? I mean, compared to Minnesota that's two spots ahead of them, whose average star ranking is 12, Michigan State only has 20 commits here. There's, they're all three-star guys, which is, quite quite honestly, this is a step back for, for Michigan State. I've been hearing a lot of people kind of trying to justify this, this Michigan State class, saying, you know, this is what they built their program around. The, the same exact – so their average star ranking is .857. That's like a, like a middle – three-star guy and that's true they did build their program on that they 10 always, to 15 years ago three or four stud four-star d-backs or something that well they, they had that but also the big 10 wasn't recruiting that well back then so they like back then okay so let's go over the last four years of recruiting prior to this year where was michigan state ranked in the big 10 number three number six number six number seven now they're 11th this is a step back for Sparty. You can't justify this. Yeah, they built it. Uh, they built their program in this type of recruit, but the competition, everyone around them, is getting better. So the what are they doing? The on-field issues have obviously caused some some recruiting, you know, hurdles for them to jump over. The coaching rumors have had to just oh, yes. murder this class. And again, I'm going to go back to something I said at the beginning of the cast: don't get too high or too low. And I'll give you an example. In 2016, when they were ranked third in the Big Ten, that class got blown up. It is gone. They got almost nothing out of that class. It was the class where they finally stepped up and started recruiting, like actually getting more four-star guys. None of those guys worked out. They're all gone. So who knows? Maybe this will be good. Gem of the class, outside linebacker Darius Snow. Does that sound familiar? Really? Not Percy Snow, unfortunately. I thought it was Percy Snow. It's the son of Michigan State basketball player Eric Snow, if you remember that guy. So really heavy on wide receivers, defensive linemen, and linebackers in this class. Recruiting Ohio and Michigan well, which is good. That's what they've always done. They're still doing that. But, you know, honestly, I look at this class, and it's just not not a Sparty class to me. It's not what we're used to seeing. Moving on to the 12th. We are at number 12. Okay, 12th in the Big Ten, 51 national. This is the Indiana Hoosiers. They are sitting at, they have 19 commits, so a little bit smaller class here. 
but their average star ranking is 13th in the Big Ten. So this is a step back. If you remember last year, Indiana is one of those teams that kind of broke the mold and they jumped up. They, and then they had on-field success and then this they year. Had, yeah, but again, that'll probably translate to next year. I would expect to see them come back and have another good class next year. So this is okay. If you just have one class that's a little bit of a dip, more of a depth class, you know, as long as you cash in next year. So the gem of this class is Rashawn Williams, wide receiver from Detroit, Michigan. They've been doing a good job in the state of Michigan. Their second plus best player is a running back. So they they are just loading up in that, that offensive backfield. Six commits from the state of Indiana. And this is an area of need here. They got six offensive linemen in this class. Not super high-ranked guys, but if there's any position you can get away with like a project, it's offensive line. So here's the Big Kurt special of this class. Defensive tackle, Demarge Lewis from Georgia. So this goes back to not only does your star ranking matter, but your offers matter. So this guy had offers from everywhere. They beat out, I mean, Auburn, Florida. Penn State, Florida State, Miami, Tennessee. Not like he's just kind of an average ranking, but you look at his offers, I'm going to be watching for this kid. This kid, I think, is one of those where the coaches... Say his name again. Okay, we are... Defensive tackle. Yep, defensive tackle, Demarge Lewis. Okay. So I'm going to be watching for that guy. Moving on to the number 13 class in the Big Ten. Who do you think that is? Illinois. No, it's Rutgers. Rutgers is the 13th ranked class in the Big Ten, 61 nationally, with only 17 commits. So this is one of those, they're they're more than halfway full, but they're not done with their class. They're going to be signing more kids in the late signing period. So they'll their, their, their ranking probably won't change, but their class is going to get a lot better. So average star ranking is dead last in the Big Ten. All other commits are three-star guys. So Shiano, he has done a great job since he took the job he's added 11 commits since he got hired which is amazing because again this is all relationship building so he is getting commits from kids after just knowing them for weeks or even days at a time well but i mean he was recruiting these areas as yeah. recent as a year ago when he was on the ohio state staff now, obviously That's a good he's point. recruiting a different caliber of, of a player at the time but he still has relationships Back in Jersey, I mean that's his that's his roots. That's you know I got to think that's a huge part of obviously when he coached at Rutgers before. There's still relationships in place, so yeah, that's a good point. But I will say, um, you know, in Twitter, uh, Rutgers fans just were you know were adamant to get Shiano, and they said you know you get Shiano in, things start changing right away. I was kind of like yeah yeah yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I've believed a little bit of what I've seen so far. I mean yeah, like you alluded to. He he locked guys down that were already committed mm -hmm. and went out and got new faces quickly. A couple and, flips in there, I believe. I think you may be right. Um, also, great hire, I think, at, at the offensive uh, coordinator position. So 17 commits in this class. 14 are from basically the Piscataway area. So New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, outside the Pennsylvania area just outside of Jersey. So he's doing a great job recruiting locally. There's plenty of talent there. So he's he's tapping into it. The gem of this class is athlete Tyreem Powell. Now, I mentioned earlier, transfers are not included in these rankings. They've got three transfers. All of them were very highly recruited guys. The one from Ohio State who was the number three athlete in the country when he got recruited. So Shiano added some talent. So maybe we'll see 
some resurgence from the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Okay, do you remember our recruiting podcast last year? I said there was an outlier in the class. Remember who it was? I think it was Illinois. It was Illinois. That's They're the outlier again. They only have, right now, 13 commits. So their average star ranking is 11th in the Big Ten, so they're not doing terrible in terms of the quality of player. Uh, they're 65th nationally. The gem of this class is wide receiver Jaden Thompson from NCHS, Naperville Central High School in Naperville, Illinois. He did not sign yet, though. He's got some great issues. He's got to take care of some stuff in the classroom. Everybody else signed. But basically, the um, they're only halfway down with their class, from what I'm hearing. I hope this isn't VIP information. If it is, I'm, I'm sorry, Jeremy Werner at Illini Inquirer. But it sounds like they're going to blue shirt a bunch of guys. So I think their plan is to get a full class of 25. So they only got 13 so far. They also so they're, they're still going to stay that active combination of transfer portal. Yep. Because – one of the interesting things about how, you know, recruiting has changed just in the last year or two with the two signing dates. Um, I don't know how the NCAA thought it would go, but essentially it just moved everybody up, not yeah. everybody, but most people up to the early signing uh, period to get done with yep. it. Uh, but uh, there are players that are very, very good that they think they should have gotten offers. Maybe they were late bloomers their right. senior year. Maybe there was an injury or something like that. There are good that, players I think left. That's, I think that's what you got to hope. Where, where where you hope, it's kind of a long play, if other players in your uh, – or, excuse me, teams in your division are filled up, if teams in the Big 12 and the uh, uh, ACC are filled up, then you can hopefully get a shot at getting those guys that maybe they would have – Fallen down to an AAC or a you know Mac or Sunbelt team, but they're good players. Now all of a sudden they come available. Yeah, and some there's some players that are pretty highly ranked looking around, saying, you know, I really thought I was going to be able to commit here, but they had too many, they already too too many linebackers or something like that. So there are good players out there. So they will have a combination of prep players and transfer players here. Um, so. Illini fans, I know you're upset about this class right now. I'm not happy about it either, but it's only halfway done. I would say just wait to see what happens by the end, you know, when everything's said and done. Um, one interesting thing, Trayvon Riggins, a really solid defensive tackle, flipped on signing day from Maryland to Illinois, so they stole one right from under locks there. Here's some interesting, couple interesting notes here. They had... Three four-star players in this class, all four of them, after committing to Illinois, got downgraded in their star ranking. <laughs> Two of them downgraded from four-star to three-star, and the four, the one that's still a four-star, he got downgraded too. So, Illini fans, there is some firepower here, it, but... Yeah. And there's some bullshit going on there too because you see it all the time. Uh, yeah. A big boy blue blood jumps in on a... What I typically think I see is like a high three-star guy. Suddenly, magically, he's a mid-four-star. Oh, that yeah. stuff happens. It happens all the time. So, Big Kurt special in this class, another one. So, this guy's not a four-star, never was. He's like a mid-to-high three-star. He's a quarterback. Fits perfectly into what they're trying to do. I think he's underrated. I've watched his film. His film, I, I don't see a three-star kid. I see a four-star kid. His name, quarterback Deuce Span. So, last year, the quarterback that they recruited – his, his nickname, one. 
this year, Deuce. So I'm hoping they get a trip or a tray next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he's not actually Juice. His nickname is One. Is he's always really? been called One because he wears the number one. Okay. And he was like for the his high school team, he was, was like the, the leader. Guy. Yeah. yeah. So everyone just calls him One. Deuce. So, Trey. Yeah. I like it. So we got. So anyway, Illini fans, just be patient. Um, last year, Lovey Smith recruited all the way up until the season started. He got a kid to come on the campus the eighth day of of fall camp, eighth eighth practice of fall camp. The kid showed up and actually played a lot this year. So just be patient. We'll see what happens. And, with, and with I the still Illini. say, I mean, I know finishing the year six and seven isn't fantastic. Getting either Northwestern or the Bullwin might have helped out a little. Long yeah. story short, getting to the bowl. Like you, you could make an argument if they didn't get to a bowl, Lovey might have been ushered out of been there. Canned, yeah. But my guess is there was a lot of recruits saying, I want to see if this coaching staff is going to still be around getting to the bowl game. I think, you know, is a pretty good, well, you I can know, tell deposit you, in there. And I can tell you what really hurt this class is starting two and four. When they got to two and four earlier in the year, th- th- a bunch of their high level targets just scattered, just committed elsewhere. Yeah. That's, that's what really killed them was not starting out hot. Like, especially losing that Eastern Michigan game killed this recruiting class. Crazy that, just a game or two like that can yep. make that big of a difference. Yep. But I mean, honestly, sitting at two and four, who thought Lovey Smith was coming back next year? Yeah. Very few people. Right. So, so give him some time to work on the class. Yep. So that's pretty good, man. That's it. You got anything else to add just overall? I mean, oh, I yeah, know. I do, actually. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to touch on a little bit of national news just because I think some of this stuff is really interesting. So Clemson, big surprise, signs a great class. In fact, it's believed to be the greatest class ever in the history of recruiting rankings. They have, let's see, six. Out, they have 29 kids in the class, all right? Six of them are five stars. 11 are four stars, and they have six three stars in that class. Those are the classes I put together on, like, my seventh year playing NCAA football on PlayStation where you've already won a couple national championships and you just get everybody you want. Unbelievable. USC. That's not supposed to happen in real life. No. So USC. Ooh, USC. This is interesting. They are ranked... 12th in the Pac-12. That would be last. They are 79th in the country. Now, it they only have... How is le- that possible? I know that they have I know, man. crazy things going on. People don't want Helton to be gone. I know the, the administration is a mess, but you just you just trip over four-star athletes in that part Well, of the and the other thing is, okay, so maybe Helton's not going to be there next year. You're still <laughs> playing at gonna, USC. And you're going to get a good coach. A good coach, yeah. So, uh, but uh, so they only have eleven commits. So that's one of the reasons they're they're ranked really low. But their average star ranking is identical to Iowa's average star ranking. So it's not a knock on Iowa and, and, and Iowa players and fans. USC should be recruiting higher than Iowa. I mean, that's USC not a, should be recruiting at the level of Ohio State, and they're recruiting at the level of Iowa right at now. At the very least, the level of you know the next step down, uh, Michigan, Penn State. Right. I mean, that should be kind of a okay class for them yeah being at that level so the the um rumors of alabama's demise have been greatly exaggerated they have the number two overall class right now with three five stars and 19 four-star players so another one i'm just kind of wondering to look out for is oklahoma because i mean right i don't know where they're what they're doing right now because what i'm interested in is how many I, i don't know this but you know how many they got signed in the early signing period let's just say for you know, shits and giggles, it was only 16 players that was okay. signed, okay, that are in the fold. 
I mean, right now Lincoln Riley is the odds-on sure. even coach to to be the coach in the Cowboys next yeah. year. There could be a ton of kids that say that pull out. Of, you know, I want. I don't know. I should have looked at that. Um, it's I don't know if they all signed, for instance. Right. Like you could, you can commit and not sign an early signing day. You can wait till the late signing day. So I don't know. Maybe that's some kids saying, "Yeah." I'm committed, but I'm going to hold off. Yeah. See what happens here. How about Texas? Do you know how Texas I don't, is? no. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, and I, I know, it's picked out a few nationally that I thought were interesting. And I know, again, listen to other podcasts, whether I try to avoid it or not, I know that the top 20 is littered with SEC teams. Yeah, um, SEC Al- is recruiting very well. I mean, they always do. Alabama, Georgia are, yeah. are one and two up there. LSU has come on and everything like yeah. that. I mean, it was something crazy like the seventh-ranked SEC team is like 18th in the country or 22nd in the country yeah that's pretty crazy something goofy like that i wonder how deep you have to go in sec recruiting until you get to like texas how how many teams are ahead of tech i bet I, i bet seven but even with that being said i still think if you put those classes up against a big 10 class you still are going to have one two maybe three classes that are head and shoulders above everybody else. Sure. And you're going to have a influx of six or seven programs in the middle there that are just good, but not that big a difference between, you know, again, there's not that big a difference typically between the 14th ranked class and the 24th ranked class. Yeah. But there's a big difference between the fourth ranked class yes. and the 14th ranked class. Yes, that, that is fair. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's only so much talent to go around. Yeah, but. and again, it's only one piece of the puzzle. Coaching, yep. development, scheme, Fits, all that scheme, stuff. Scheme, yeah. all that. So yeah. good job, man. I know that is a lot of work that you have to put yeah, in. Yeah, it was that. fun, though. It was fun. Okay. Um, so we will have another recruiting episode. This is recruiting 1.0. We'll yep. have version 2.0. The 2. finalized 0. one. The final, we'll that one in Or at least point. more finalized. So you, you're really not finalized until the season starts, pretty much. But right. you you have a really good idea after the early signing period. You have a even better idea after the late signing period. So we will do another episode in about mid-February, early to mid-February. Okay. Yeah. You good? I'm good. I am Jeffrey the Green. This is Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.